Hello, and welcome to the Marketing Experiments Web Clinic Audio Replay Podcast. Marketing Experiments is an internet marketing research laboratory. The web clinic you are about to hear was broadcast live to an international audience of marketing professionals. Sign up to be invited to future web clinics, as well as gain access to all of our online marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Good afternoon. This is Flint McLaughlin. We're at it again. This is yet another Marketing Experiments Web Clinic. For all of these years, we've been doing this research and then releasing to you our latest findings. Today, it is subject lines tested. How to write subject lines that double your click-through rate. We'll be getting into case studies and experiments, but I was sort of caught unawares. I was looking at a Twitter feed, and it's from Devin. And Devin, it said, uh, so excited. I'm ready to learn how to optimize the she's, S-H-I-Z, out of my website. I don't know if that's a real word, but I applaud your enthusiasm. And uh, it brought a smile to my face, Devin, as it got time to start. You can see on the screen how to talk about this on Twitter. I'm joined today by Daniel Burstein, who is the Director of Editorial Content. Daniel was one of our best hires. He has been a, a sort of a superstar here. I'm, I'm really proud to, to have seen uh, his growth and progress as he keeps rising up and becoming responsible for more and more. He's joined by Ashley. I think the optimization unit took a look at me and a look at Daniel and decided that we needed something on the stage to sort of counterbalance all of that um, um, let's say, visually challenged masculinity. <laughs> uh, Ashley's going to be joining us. She's a, she's a research manager in charge of some very complex projects and is, uh, is uh, another rising star in the, in the MechLabs family. She'll be helping you in just a bit. We're going to start the way we always start in just a moment looking at case studies. But may I talk about subject lines? They're easy to talk about. They're easy to theorize about. But we struggle mightily with something so simple as three or four words that can change the entire impact of a campaign. Daniel's going to help us in just a moment to sort of walk through a case study. You, the audience, have been submitting ideas, and I'll let him fill in uh, sort of the details on that. And then I'm going to drill down, walking through sort of four key ways you can improve the force of your subject lines. But first, I'll ask Daniel to come up. I'll take you to a experiment from our library. I'll let him explain the background, and, uh, and then we'll just step in and go. So go ahead, Daniel. Thank you, Flint. And I'm going to go through this case study rather briskly because we were in the content meeting yesterday, and I saw how many slides Flint has to go through today. 173 <laughs> slides. They can well, do it in well, 60 minutes. I'll be impressed. It's only going to be two hours, all right? I say that because right after this, I'm going to be hopping on Twitter, hashtag WebClinic. I'm going to tweet through a link where we wrote up a lot more about this case study if you're more interested in it. Let's take a look. As Flint said, you, the audience, were a big part of this case study. We partnered with Copyblogger, and what we did was we took one of our marketing sends for Optimization Summit 2012 in Denver. That's happening next month in Denver. Flint's going to be there. He's got a lot of good information. I'll be there. Is a lot this of a commercial, sort there. of a nuanced commercial? <laughs> it's all about the test. So let's, let's focus on the test. So for Optimization 2012, and frankly, we send a good amount of marketing email sends from MechLabs. And so the marketing team was struggling, but sometimes it's hard to come up with new ideas for a subject line. And when that happens, a great thing to do is reach outside of your marketing organization. You know, for the audience, it might be sales or IT or even, you know, someone outside of work, and find some new ideas to test. So what we did, we went to the Marketing Experiments blog audience. We partnered with Copyblogger. We went to their audience as well, and we held a little contest. We said, take a look at this email. And what do you think the best subject line will be? Well, we got 901 submissions, 901 comments. And <laughs> the great thing about this is 
I wasn't a judge, so I didn't have to look through all the comments. But our, our team here did. Nathan Thompson led it on this side. They've read each and every subject line, and they picked different subject lines based on different hypotheses for this email that you're looking at right now. They picked three hypotheses to test. And at the same time, the team over at Copyblogger, so led by Sonia Simone, they read each and every subject line, and they chose different hypotheses to test. And what you see on the screen now is the subject lines that Copyblogger picked and the subject lines that we picked. And personally, I just hope the best subject line wins, but I've got to say, Nathan and the team got a little competitive, and they felt like, okay, we, we want to outgun Copybloggers' audience. Well, oh, oh, here's what happened. Oh, the winner right there, do your landing pages, do your landing pages pass this test? So, from the looks of it, that, that, that subject line happened to be from the Copyblogger audience. And there you go. We had our winner. We gave them a free optimization summit ticket. We gave them a, a free uh, on-demand uh, landing page optimization course. But... If you look at the statistical confidence numbers over in the right, you see that was not significantly different than subject line number four, optimization summit, three days to a better website, $300 off coupon inside. And so here's the good news. We had two winners. Since they're not significantly different, we chose one winner from the copy blogger audience to win an optimization summit uh, I ticket. I think it's five, actually. T5 was the winner, Daniel. T5. It's T5. T5? Oh. I actually caught Daniel in something. I'm enjoying this moment. Yeah. See, <laughs> <laughs> and that's the problem. That's, that's right. T5. That's the problem. Those numbers were so close, right? Those numbers were so close. It, it, we couldn't tell. We couldn't tell the winner. So those numbers were so close, 105.9% difference and 105.2% relative difference that we awarded two, two winners for that. So with that, I just want to mention um, that was 106% higher click-through rate. And we have another contest going on right now. Do you have a good landing page? Do you have a good lead generation landing page? We want you to submit your lead generation landing pages. And what we're going to do at Optimization Summit, we've got a live test coming up. Flint's going to be running it over the two days we're there. We're going to take a hypothesis that the audience there comes up with. We're going to take a control from HubSpot, who is our sponsor. And we're going to take a landing page from you, the audience. We're going to pick one, and we're going to see which one wins in a test. And we've got a nice little prize there for the audience. I will also be tweeting this link through hashtag WebClinic on Twitter. Right now, let me turn it over to Flint so he can talk about All right, this test. So you've just tuned in. We've got less than 60 minutes. We have 90 slides. You need something that will help you get a result. It's not enough to see a win like this. It's our job to translate that win into transferable principles. There are three keys, I think, that will help us do that. And the first is understanding the purpose of a subject line. If that seems self-explanatory, then that's probably why you might want to listen to what comes next, because it might surprise you. Simply getting the viewer's attention with a subject line will not produce a significant result. We have to understand the functional purpose of a subject line, and it is about converting attention into interest. Now, you can take sort of a look at the way this works in this representation. If we get attention with a subject line, if people see our flashing image, if people see our colorful subject line or our giant caps, or our superlatives in our words, and they stop with that attention, but that attention doesn't go further converting or being converted into interest, then the subject line is underperforming. This is essential, and it'll sort of cash in as we start to look at those that were submitted in the original test. Also, while I'm talking to you, please know that all over the world we've been getting submissions. You've been sending your own examples for us to optimize. We're going to optimize them live, on this, uh, on this particular uh, broadcast together as we work through the principles. So we'll get to the principle, we'll get to your version, and then we'll try to see it applied in real life. Let's, uh, 
Let's look at uh, an example of not this. This is from the submission in the case study. Quarterbacks aren't the only changes being tested in Denver. Now, a quarterback, the notion of Denver and the Super Bowl and the implied uh, reference to Tebow might be something that would gather attention. But it doesn't actually galvanize interest and drive them into the copy that follows. In fact, what it does is it has a clarity lapse. Because the audience, the reader, is left to make meaning, trying to understand what the connection is. Every time you do that, you sacrifice conversion rates. Look at it again. Uh, you'll see another example. Optimization Summit. Three days to a better website. $300 off the coupon inside. Now, there's a Timption caption with the brackets and the parentheses. But it doesn't convert properly, number one, because it's sort of lost between all of those connections. There's no single thought flow. Meaning can't be made, transferred directly into attention. Take a look at uh, this example. Learn three tips that made 10,000 landing pages extremely successful. This was a winner. Attention converted into interest with the learn three tips. Does your landing page pass this step? One of those rare occasions where an interrogative can help someone. Attention, again, converted into interest and sort of moving forward. Now, that's the simplest point we have to talk about. I have to warn you that each point gets more complex. The third will involve force and calculations and some new thoughts about subject lines that you've probably never heard. But I can't even get there without touching the second. And the second is understanding the connection between your subject line and the value propositions in your messaging. This brings me to a second key principle. To build interest, we must understand the connection between the subject line itself and the value proposition. Now, if you've done training with us in the past, you've probably seen the value proposition spectrum. We have spent 15 years researching what you see on this particular screen. We've analyzed 1,100 academic journals. We've worked through our academic references in every single commercial title and constructed historical timelines and tried to discover a functional definition for the value proposition that the marketer can use to get a result. In doing so, we've discovered that every organization has a sort of fundamental or primary value proposition, but that there are also iterations, prospect level, product level, and process level value propositions. I can't reteach that content, but you can go to that link. All of this is free. We're just trying to get you where you can learn more. I spent uh, some time teaching about this just recently. And if you'll go to that link, you can watch the video and dig down and get a deeper understanding about how all of those work together. In the end, as you'll see here, the key in your value proposition is being able to answer this question. At the core, it is this. If I am the ideal customer, why should I purchase from you rather than any of your competitors? Now, that flows all the way down to the process level. And it's the same formulization, but it's over a different set of choices. And at a process level, we're trying to move people forward. And you'll ask a question like you see here. Why should, whatever the prospect is, prospect A, click this paid search ad rather than any other? And, and in a sense, you're moving through a series of micro yeses towards a macro yes. And at every micro yes, should I read this headline? Should I get into this subject copy? Should I, should I read the benefits list? Should I respond to the call to action? Each of those require you to demonstrate a sort of uh, a value associated that outweighs the perceived cost. Now, process level value propositions are about getting someone to take the next step in your process. They're different than the product value proposition. 
or the value proposition that's designed to serve the prospect. Again, there's a link up at the top. You can read and see more about that here. Instead of dwelling on that because we have lots of content, I want to give you a clean example of a process of a value proposition. On your left, you'll see a button. Sort of the button we see often on many websites. We would call that value negative. You're asking me to submit. That is, fall on my knees before the Lords of Marketing and admit that I have been defeated by their superior abilities at persuasion. That would be a value negative. Uh, the button is asking me to do something and promising me nothing in return. Now, here is a sort of value neutral button. It says, click here. It's giving me something to do. It's promising me nothing in return, but it isn't especially negative in its implications. What you really need is a value positive. For instance, this button, get free access. Now, I'm just using the buttons to try to communicate to you a simple concept, and that is every single time you ask me to take an action, you have to give me a good reason to do so. And that good reason will always be translated into a simple formula. The perceived value must be greater than the perceived cost associated with the action. And so, as you think about that, the same thing happens with a subject line example because the goal of a subject line is not to sell a product. The goal of a subject line is to get someone engaged in the conversation being presented in the email. The goal of the subject line is to convert your attention into enough interest to get you to consider at least the top portion of the ELO. Open it, look at it, and start to engage. Too often, we try to use a subject line to sell something or try to use a subject line to communicate an important point. The goal of the subject line is very simple. Now, to think about this, you need to sort of think differently. You're actually competing with your subject line. And you're competing against something you may not have thought of. It's not your competitor's product. We'll get to that in just a moment. But let me just give you an example of three subject lines. No castles in the air for you. Value negative. Mobile can help manage your money. Maybe, maybe there's some value there, positive. Enjoy over 2,000 internet TV channels. There's a bit of value positive. Now, the value positive on the right is high, but so is the cost because it feels like sales language and it makes me wonder what you're going to sell me and my guard goes up. So you've got value, but you've also got a high cost. You've got to learn how to mitigate the cost and at the same time achieve the value. So, take a look at something because this is what you're up against with the subject line. This is, a, uh, this is a snap of Paul Chinney's inbox. I wish you could see Paul today. He's particularly distinguished. He's wearing a vest. He looks like a riverboat gambler. And, uh, and uh, he's the, one of the writers of this piece. And he's taken a screenshot of his inbox. And you'll notice on the right-hand side are a whole series of subject lines. Please understand that a subject line is also in need of a sort of process level value proposition because it's competing, but it's not competing with some other's offer, say another company's email that might be competing with your offer. It's competing with the other subject lines in the inbox. And until you think that way, you can't craft the subject line that will get people to click and open. Remember something, people go through their email not looking for an opportunity, but to eliminate, to delete to eradicate. It's like when you've been away on vacation and you get a big stack of mail and you've got to go through it. Think about the pattern. You start tossing things to the side, trying to cut through the pile, eliminate as much as possible so that you will deal and can deal only with that piece which demands your attention. Now, direct response marketers have worked for years trying to figure out how to get you to open their letter. 
It's very similar. In fact, they'll print that letter in such a way as it looks like a check in the mail. Or they'll give it to you with handwritten uh, address at the top left and no return name. And since it's handwritten, you might think it's from a friend or someone and so you'll open it. They try all sorts of curious ways to get you to open their letter. And again, it is exactly the same sort of phenomena that occurs when we send out an email. We need a subject line that will compete effectively against the other subject lines in the inbox. And that's what drives our success. And I, I feel a little concerned because I'm talking about the value proposition. And many of you have not heard the structure and the teaching on this piece. But you need to, and we'll try to get that to you. You can learn more at the summit, but you can also learn from some of the links that we've given you. And with that sort of foundation, we move into the most important piece. And that's sort of a checklist for maximizing the force of your subject lines. Now, the problem with the checklist is that it sounds... Um, it sounds uh, trite. This is a pretty in-depth piece. There are probably 60 slides. I'm going to move rapidly with lots of examples. The value of the word checklist is that it, it promises something actionable. And that's what's at the heart of everything we're doing today. It's not enough for our scientists to discover something new. It's not enough for our analysts to craft it or our writers to put it into some sort of entertaining format. The goal here isn't to entertain you and the goal here isn't to impress you. The goal is to give you something that you can take back and use that will make a difference immediately in your results. Marketers, you have a tough job. You're being, you're being hurried with frantic deadlines and bosses are continually demanding more and people trying to fix product problems with marketing instead of going back and innovating their, their, the essence of the product itself. And no matter what you do, it seems never to be enough. And... <laughs> No matter how hard you work, there's never enough time in a day. You need to be able to take and learn from here something that will make your day easier tomorrow. And that's where we're going next. Let me just take you to this third key principle to intensify the force of the process level value proposition in our subject lines. We can employ a useful set of research-based criterion. We're distilling four elements that will give your subject line more force. These same elements drive the force of all value propositions across all categories in every business. This is what we've learned from patterning 10,000 tests over the last 15 years. Let's, uh, let's sort of answer that question with this checklist. Here's the first. And again, it sounds so simple. But in most subject lines that I read, with the limited number of letters we can fit in that line, we often create phrases that do not have instant meaning. The word, is it clear here, isn't talking about a, a subject line that you can read and think about and understand. It's talking about a subject line that instantly connects with the main message, converts to interest, that requires zero effort to understand. And for the ideal prospect to act on your subject line, they've got to instantly comprehend the message. Here are some of the ways to affect that. The first one is this. Is the main point emphasized? And to emphasize the main point, we must utilize something called point sensitivity or point first. Typically, we want to put the main point of the phrase at the beginning of the subject line. We've tested this over and over again. You also want to be careful. Uh, sometimes you can build towards a main point at the end of the subject line. What you never want to do is to put the main point in the middle of the subject line. And we see this all the time. 
Making our subject lines point first or point last will help us capitalize on instant clarity and a payload being delivered at the earliest part of the presentation. Now, by making our subject lines point or point last, you can sort of see an example here. This is the wrong way. Optimization Summit 2012. Speakers list up now. That's hard to even understand. And what's in bold is in the middle of the subject line. I think it meant the list of speakers is on the website. But this is not clear. And not only is it not clear, it's structured improperly in the subject line itself. Take a look at, uh, at this better version. Does your landing page pass this test? Marketers everywhere are curious how well their landing pages might do against some sort of criterion. And so the payload is delivered with clarity and point last at the end of the sentence. What's the difference? A 66% increase in click-through. Let's take uh, another example. Not this. Again, three days to a better website. I know when I talked about this earlier, you might have thought, well, that sounds like a good way. I mean, people are interested in a better website and they want it fast. But it's lost in the middle. And it's not clear, especially between the wording on the other side and the brackets. Subject lines are better when they feel like a sentence, like a complete thought. Learn three tips that made 10,000 landing pages extremely successful. Do you see the difference? The three tips is right at the front. The point first structure gets more attention and it helps people get to a result. What's the difference? A 70% increase. Again, it's just science. Let's go to the second criteria to help you with clarity. Are the qualifiers precise? Now you say, what is a qualifier? That's the word that modifies your nouns or subjects. Is the adverb or the adjective or the prepositional phrase precise? Uh, it's critical that you sort of see this in action. Three days to a better website. Better is not precise. It's a, it's a sort of adjective that implies an improvement, but with no intensity and no specificity. Look at a better example. A scientific way to increase your conversions. This implies something altogether different. It talks about a sort of high standard. It touches something that our audience is particularly interested in, so the word is particularly potent. Look at the difference. A 37% increase in click-through. I want to stop. I have a lot more to say. I'm trying to be as practical and as clear as possible. And, and I'm only on the first of four points. Is this working for you? Is this helping you? Are you following or am I going too fast? Give me some feedback using the Q&A piece in your, uh, in your uh, finder this. Fat, yes, yes, I'm watching. All right. By the way, I always get some that says go faster and some that says too fast. I'm doing my best to satisfy everyone. I'm like the marketer whose ideal customer is more than one person and so I'm a bit confused. I have a customer theory gap. But uh, let's keep going. All right. So, precise qualifiers help cement the value of the subject line in the mind of the customer. Not this. A special offer for real simple readers. But this, get an instant AdWords performance report. By the way, this was submitted by our audience for optimization. And what you're seeing at the top is something that looks promising, but the word special is too generic, too general, too, you might say, unspecific to reach the point that we need. Let's look at another example. You can see... Uh, is the language simple? We're talking about simple Norman as opposed to Saxon language. This again helps you achieve clarity in your subject line. No castles in the air for you. What is this? 
That's a pop culture reference that is not widely known. What is this? 30% of physicians are at risk. Don't wait until it is too late. Again, clarity, clarity, clarity. Simple language laid down on the page in the best order. All right, let me keep going. Turn your iPads into clickers with land school. Not this. Clickers should be replaced with remotes or something else. People aren't certain what you're talking about. It's language that may not be particularly clear. And look at the difference. Don't forget, Mom, free Mother's Day shipping. Uh, that's potent. It's potent if it's sent to the right audience because this is what happens. Many of us forget or order too late in the process. It has urgency. It's very clear. Here's another way to get your clarity. Is the wording concise? Our gift to you, free shipping or no service charges. Look at the difference between that and this. Free shipping or no service charges. Limited time offer. Now, the our gift to you might be okay, but it often feels and sounds like the sort of sales language that arms me. And actually, you'll have to help me at the right time. Am I going? Am I bringing you up when I'm supposed to bring you up? I'm looking at actually who's going to help me. Yeah. We've got a live observation at the end of every... Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. Good. All right. So, she's going to be joining us in just a moment. What's the difference? A 21% increase in click-through. Not this. Quarterbacks aren't the only change, uh, changes being tested in Denver. Too many words. Denver's testing more than quarterbacks. But this. Now, uh, let's look at another example. Denver's testing quarterbacks. Not this. Because the words are too few to actually make sense. So there's a line between being too many, too concise. You're looking for that clarity which leads, or that simplicity which leads to clarity. And uh, let's go on and sort of summarize, but let's apply this. You saw the subject line. This was submitted by someone in our audience. We're going to go from the subject line to the key landing page, or sorry, the email. And I'm going to ask Ashley to come up and help us. Everyone, this is Thank Ashley. you. All right. Yeah. So immediately when we're looking at the subject line here, no castles in the air for you. Um, as what was mentioned earlier, it is a pop reference culture. I think it's from that movie Castle with a, a Rick Castle in it. <laughs> but um, this is making the assumption that visitors understand this subject line and you're enticing them with kind of this reference. But um, by changing that to provide that clarity and really be concise on what you want the visitor to do once they reach that email will really help increase that click-through. And then trying to reach that objective of having them click that link of the Puzzler promo, you can make the iPads direct them to an action-oriented call to action, you know, asking them to take the puzzle challenge today, um, something that lets them know what they're going to be getting themselves into at the next step from the email. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Ashley. Thank I appreciate you. it. All right, so let's keep going. Here's the second criterion. You're looking for a sort of organic, natural appeal in the subject line itself. And the first question you want to ask is, is the message relevant? And uh, here again is that same example. Quarterbacks aren't the only changes being tested in Denver. And here is the, uh, the competing example that we talked about before. And again, there's the difference, 56%. Here's another example uh, with a 106% difference, and we could go on. The second question is, not only is the message relevant, but the desire associated with the appeal factor. How urgent is this appeal factor? That's a critical piece. And, uh, and it's not this, the scientific way to increase your convergence compared to do your landing page pass this test. 
That was better, that one on the top, than others in the mix. But the one at the bottom was still better because it was closely connected to something critical and urgent and it suggests a simpler standard to judge your landing page with. There's a 31% difference. Not this. Vote for the next train signal webinar. Register and watch on demand. If the audience can't watch it on demand, there's less reason to click now. If that's possible, then they don't need to. But this upcoming webinar, Virgin Atlantic, reveals its seven secrets to e-invoicing success. And what's, what you can sort of see here, and then this is submitted by our audience. We're going to be reviewing it later. A big brand revealing secrets in an upcoming webinar invokes a higher sense of uh, urgency to understand. Is the issue important? Look again at Optimization Summit. Not this, but this. The issue is far more important to get your landing page successful than to review the speakers list. It's directly associated with a benefit. Let's keep going. All right. More examples. An increase of 31%. Another example. And because we have a lot of uh, teaching here, I just want you to sort of see this rapidly and I want to move on to a summary. Is the message relevant? Is the desire urgent? And is the issue important? It's the combination of these three things that will help you uh, sort of make certain that you're factoring towards Peel. Brings me to the page that's been submitted. Vote for the next train signal webinar. Register and watch on demand. Ashley, yeah. just come on right up here and I'll let Thank you just sort you. of comment on that. Yes, yeah, so when looking at the subject line, it seems very general and we're not sure exactly what sort of audience you're talking to. So if you bring in some specificity and really appeal to that targeted audience of IT professionals, let them know that there's a webinar out there on train signal that's good for you, I think will really help increase that specificity and appeal to your audience. Excellent. Excellent. All right. I, uh, I've got another one in front of me for just a moment. Audience, take a look at this subject line and I'd like you to tell me how you would fix it. Use your Q&A feature and, uh, and let me see which one of these, uh, how could you sort of help this subject line get better? I'm watching for your... Uh, you're invited, says Lisa. All right, I'm watching again. As you, I know you're crafting these subject lines and they'll come in across these pieces. All right, there's some good thinking. Uh, learn why a BSN is easier to earn as an adult. Get $100 by taking this challenge. Uh, someone says, what challenge? Someone says it's too passive. Someone says, take the $100 challenge today. Someone says, take the $100 challenge Change a life. Here's a different approach in your community for $100. Uh, someone says, put the personalization first. And uh, Aura says, it's weird to have your own name like this. And, uh, and Ronald says, take the challenge, get $100. Carl says, you matter. Name, get $100. And uh, Jennifer says, 100 bucks for just a few minutes of your time. Uh, for the person that submitted this, Campbell... Um, I think what's happening is they're, they're drilling down on a subject line that might sort of meet some of the criterion that we've just talked about. And what we'll do is help you uh, sort of uh, craft the best subject line from all of these ideas from the audience and in particular from the analysts and researchers at Mech Labs. Now, I'm going to do something here in just a moment that's a bit different, but take a look at the headline on the actual uh, email and I'd like you to evaluate the email. Audience, how would you improve the email itself? And is there a direct connection between the subject lines you're proposing and the subject line you'd put there? And would you, I wonder, 
make the subject line identical to the headline of the email. Show me what you might do to improve this email. Someone says, get some workmates together and have some fun. Someone says, make a difference with our $200 challenge. Uh, Jennifer says, raise $100 to keep this service free. Uh, uh, someone said, I would uh, make the two identical, talking about the subject line and the headline. I would definitely have a tight commonality between the subject line and the headline on the landing page. Uh, it's a very good point. Anything else you'd see on this email that you might want to use to improve it? I'm looking at uh, keep the same headline and subject line. There are too many periods in the headline. I think that's right. We need a clear, prominent call to action. I think that's absolutely right. And, uh, and let me ask you a question. What is the goal of the headline? I mean, some of you know that the goal of the headline from these previous clinics you've attended is to get people deeply engaged or to begin to engage with the text underneath into the conversation. But what is the goal of the email? Campbell, if it's like most emails, the goal of the email is to get a click through to a landing page where you can actually do some sort of transaction or establish more relationship. If that's the case, do you need all this text to win a click through? Do you need that big image to win a click through? What could you do that would be enough information only to get people to click through and read about this on the landing page? The danger you have is that the email is giving away so much information, they don't need to go to the landing page. And if they don't go to the landing page, can you generate any revenue from them eventually? Or can you achieve the success? I doubt it. Make certain that just like we said, the goal of a subject line isn't to sell your product. The goal of the subject line is to get people to click and open your email and that it's not competing with your other competitors' emails as much as it is competing with whatever else. I'm talking about the subject line. Whatever else is in the inbox that might steal their attention away. That being said, if you look at the, at the, at the, uh, at the email that we have here, the question then becomes, what is the goal of the email? Well, the goal of the email is to get a click. If you're not careful, you're going to actually repel clicks. You're going to say so much, they don't need to click. It's going to cost you conversion. Let's look at a third criterion that we can use to sort of measure the effectiveness. Is it exclusive? Is it exclusive? This is critical because appeal is mitigated by uh, essentially a lack of exclusivity. For the ideal prospect to act on the value proposition of this head, sort of this this subject line and click through, there has to be something about it that's unique. Now, we know that's part of what we talk about when we talk about a value proposition for a product, but how does that imply to a simple process level value proposition associated with a subject line? I'll try to help you answer that. Let's just look at uh, some of the keys. You'll see there is the only factor apparent in the subject line. Is there something about this subject line that distinguishes the Actual email from the others in their inbox and uh, in terms of the other subject lines you're competing with? Or is there something about this subject line that is uh, talking about the product in a way that presents the fact that it also has some sort of only component? So let's take a look. A scientific way to increase your conversions. It suggests other ways that you might be able to increase your conversions. And I like the way... Paul noted easier ways. There might be something easier than science. A lot of us are intimidated by science. And so the fact that there's a way to increase your conversions has no only factor. But look at the difference. Learn three tips that made 10,000 landing pages extremely successful. You've got specificity. You've got something very, very clear. And it feels like an only factor because who else is claiming that they have had 10,000 landing pages tested in order to present three tips? 
Do you see how there's an implied only factor here? It makes a dramatic difference. Someone has asked me if personalization distinguishes it. Well, remember something. You're competing with every other email in the inbox that might be in view at that time. And if other people are using personalization, and especially if they're using it in a sort of form-driven way, then it's not giving you all that much differentiation. Uh, there are only factors here that are difficult to match by any other competitor or subject line. And there's a difference in performance. Let's look at again uh, uh, another example. Not this. Does not imply an only factor. But this. Upcoming webinar. Virgin Atlantic reveals its seven secrets to e-invoicing. Again, there's an only factor associated with this. First of all, it's the brand Virgin. Where else can you learn about what Virgin did? Secondly, it's seven secrets. Now, I know the word secret may be positive or it may be negative. With some audiences, it would be very negative. With others, it could be positive. But the bottom line is... The idea that there's these seven specific things associated with an understanding of something remarkable achieved at Virgin gives this subject line a bit of exclusivity. This, uh, this brings us to a second criterion about exclusivity. Can we derive specificity or can we derive exclusivity by understanding that the brand itself is powerful and familiar? Clearly, an email from Apple has the attention of some people much quicker than the email from some uh, spanner promising uh, a new dose of uh, illegal Viagra from Mexico. And so, so you might have appeal there depending on the situation, but you certainly don't have the exclusivity because they probably got 11 others just like it. They're competing with lots of spam. They don't have time for emails like yours and there's no connection with a brand whatsoever. All right. So, think about that and let's look again at an example. First, look at new products, technology, and more. Compare that with this one on the right. Exclusive first look at new products, technology, and more. And the difference is the event in a brand and the promise associated with it. And then, of course, there's a difference in performance. And listen, don't underestimate 8%. We often show improvements or differences of hundreds and hundreds of percentile points. Normally not on a subject line. They generally don't have that big a span. It's difficult to get 100% improvement in the subject line. We saw an example like that at the beginning of this. Secondly, 8% can be really significant with the right campaign and could translate into far more money if the list is the right size or the, the product that's being eventually purchased is right. It could be far more impactful than a 300% conversion rate with something that doesn't have the same upside. Let's look again. We've said is the only factor apparent and is the brand uh, familiar? Let's look at an example. I think Mike submitted the page. You're going to see it's an email and it's a subject line. Let's get uh, some help up here from Ashley. Ashley, again, is an analyst at Mech Labs, works on lots of important projects. And uh, I'm going to let you talk to us about uh, this particular subject of course, line. Of course, yeah. Um, one thing we really see in subject lines is to really bring out that exclusiveness as Flint's been talking about and really let the visitor know your audience is those small business restaurant and bar owners. Bring that out into your subject line. Let them know this is potentially the only place you can improve your web presence within this particular field and within this particular audience. Let them know maybe how many tips you have, how many studies you've done, or how many studies the company has done that can let the visitor know exactly what they're in for. And then once you get that click, you know, even if that increase is like 8%, like Dr. McLaughlin was saying, once you reach the email, that continuity piece and letting the visitor know what, that, what they're expecting on that email 
can really help drive that traffic further into it. Thank you, Ashley. That's a very good point. And listen, some of you are asking some very good questions. One of the, one of the, one of the uh, questions that's not so good comes from, I think, uh, sort of a smart aleck, Gregory, and I'm just teasing you. So how did you know that Viagra comes from Mexico, he said. Clearly, I opened the email and read it. Uh, uh, <laughs> what do you say to a comment like that? Uh, good good, uh, good uh, question. Someone says, brand in the subject line, even if it comes from the brand, depends on the brand, depends on what it looks like in the inbox. And again, there's a lot of sub-brands associated with some of the big. It just really depends. I have found a lot of people don't see or pay attention to some of the times the from field and they're looking right at the subject field, depending on how they're reading their browser. So it is a point that if it's clearly emphasized on the one, you may not need it the other, but you're looking for some way to differentiate. Um, let me look at another piece. Um, oh, there's Greg. Wanted to see if you're paying attention. Yes, I'm reading all these comments. There are hundreds that come in. We have staff, a room all around me. They're studying these. But I try to keep my eye on the screen because there's so much content. And I, I feel this heavy weight when I'm teaching I want you to learn something you can really use. And I'm trying to measure your comments against my pace, the depth of the content, and all that we're teaching. This is a pretty comprehensive criterion we're still trying to work our way through. Let's keep going. This is a submission. It says, enjoy over 2,000 internet TV channels. Sound familiar? We talked about this one earlier. Audience, what do you think? Can you improve on this? Let's take a quick look. Someone says that uh, I've always heard that subject impacts open rate while the quality of the email body impacts click-through rate. There's some truth to that. And I, I think, but if there's a disconnect between the subject line and the body text, you still have something we call site flow interrupt and you'll see a drop in conversion. Really, there needs to be a harmony between all three. But while, uh, while I answer that question, tell me how to improve the subject line for this email. Enjoy over 2,000 internet TV channels. What would you say? TV on your PC, no monthly fees. That's a pretty good headline. Uh, here's another one. That was, um, they're all moving so fast, I can't tell you who said that, but you're, you're smart. Here's another one. Matthew says, get over 2,000 internet TV channels. Now, I just want to stop with what Matthew said. Um, you know, there's a lot coming in here. But, but the thing I, I would point out is that when he says it that way, it doesn't feel like sales. It doesn't feel like it has that same. I don't like the exclamation point at the end. I don't like the fact that it feels like an ad. I think when the language is honest and direct and carries the same content or even more powerful content, you're doing better than to sort of ensconce your message in any thought pattern that feels like sales. Because when that happens, people put their guard up. They realize you're trying to overcome resistance. You're trying to persuade them. And there's a natural reaction to that, a pushback. I'm looking at some other ones. Um, TV on your PC with no monthly fees. And uh, uh, I'm looking at another one. Someone said, uh, and I think I'm being challenged by Julia, who says, yes, but enjoy may work better for the 60 plus audience. Uh, you know what we would say in the lab, Julia, if someone brought that up? And, you're, and it's perfectly fine to do so. I'm sort of teasing you when I point it out. Julia, that's why we test. You know, there's a zone you can get copy in, but once you get to that zone, the only way you can know for sure is to test it. Yes, for specific demographics, the word enjoy might help. It's certainly a powerful phrase. It's an emotional phrase. Unfortunately, a lot of its core meaning has been stripped by its overuse in sales. There are words that have lost their potency because of, uh, you know, the way they've been used in culture and the connotation and denotation start you know, may, the denotation may stay the same, but the connotation starts to change. Let's keep going. I'm on the 
fourth key criterion. And here it is. Is it credible? Now, this might seem like a simple piece, but how many subject lines promise something that doesn't sound credible? In fact, that last ad started not to sound credible. Part of it was the sales language. Let's look for a way to understand this. First of all, is the promise associated with the subject line in any way believable? Free shipping or no service charges, our gift to you. Um, people don't think of this as a gift. They think of it as a savings. Um, and you've got to be careful because you don't get anything unless somebody buys. It's not exactly a gift. But free shipping or no service charge, limited time offer. I, the limited time offer scares me too. It's sales language. But the idea is good. There's some urgency in it. Yes? Yes? Alright, keep going. The standalone offer, however, of free shipping and no service charge is more credible than the original. And you can see that with the results at 21%. 30% of physicians are at risk. Don't wait until it's too late. Uh, there's a fear tactic here. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. We've tested moving with positive or moving from a negative. In this case, aspirin therapy, pros and cons, seven myths about calcium and vitamin D. That's a good headline. Pros and cons therapy. Now, this is submitted by someone in our audience, but the value here is if you're talking to a physician community, you're doing so in language that might appeal to them. We might be able to improve it. We'll see. Is the tone appropriate? That's the second question. A lot of time, and we've been talking a lot about this, we craft a subject line. The tone itself has a sort of sales vernacular and people don't trust what you're saying, again, because of the tone. Um... And we have examples of this uh, that we've talked about. Um, <laughs> if Alfred Hitchbeck wrote emails, could he grow the audience by 300%? And here's another one. How Blockbuster Express grew its email less 300%. And there's the difference. A 25% improvement on the right. That top one's interesting. It's kind of a, an interesting piece of copywriting. But the reality is it, the tone sounds too gimmicky, too hype-driven compared to what you have below, which is just short direct, clear, and yet you have the point last sort of expression and you have Blockbuster at the front. It's well-crafted. It produces a lift. Here comes another point. Is the value specific? By the way, people say these subject lines seem long. Listen, I'm not afraid of long copy and I'm not afraid of long subject lines. I'm afraid of words without meaning. I don't want my subject line to be any longer than it takes to express a complete thought. But many of us would do better off to write a subject line that's just a little bit longer if it expresses a complete thought and brings meaning to the, to the, to the actual message. So often in the name of short copy or writing short subject lines, we put together some sort of tierce-looking bullet point or some short offer that doesn't fully maximize my need to know. And, uh, and we found that if you don't lay a complete thought down, a lot of times the subject line is underperforming. We're running tests like this constantly. And so these are just things we're learning, not so much as our opinion here, but just from patterning the experiments and tests that we're running. Someone said, it's a question. Do questions work? Only if it's the right question. 90% of the time we ask an obvious question in a rhetorical way that helps no one. And, and you'd be much better off to build a more potent. But in this case... It's a sort of question with real meaning. It tells you there's a test. You can take the test and discover if your landing pages meet a standard. And so it worked. And of course, the difference was 106% between the top and the bottom. That's pretty dramatic.
Let's, uh, let's look at another example. Won't mom be delighted? This was just submitted. Anything you see with an asterisk is something our audience has recently submitted. That's why we're not giving you back feedback or results. The reason is we haven't run any tests. This is an audience submitted subject line connected to a landing page. We're going to come back to this one because uh, it'll probably show up in what's coming next. Let's just review what we say about credibility. Is the promise believable? Is the tone appropriate? Is the value specific? Now, let's look at this particular example. Audience, look at the headline. Tell me how you would fix it. This was submitted by Tracy. Tracy, there's a, an audience here with hundreds of marketers who are experts and they want to share with you their best thoughts and then I'm going to ask Ashley to come up. The benefit that someone like Ashley has is this. We say at MacLabs there are no expert marketers. There are only experienced marketers and expert testers. Ashley lives in an environment where tests are going on constantly around us. We learn every day. She just ran a test. I can't say the name. I can't tell you more than this, but I want to tell you uh, on, on, on my, I don't know if I have to say on my honor, but I just, it sounds maybe like it would stretch your credibility, but it's true. Uh, we just ran a test. Ashley was the one who oversaw the project. It was a series of tests over a 16 month period. How many tests were they, Ashley? 16 or something like yeah, that? Yeah, we ran about 16 tests. We ran 16 mm -hmm. tests. The research partner that Ashley worked with on those tests made somewhere approaching. And these are not our numbers. These are their numbers as represented to us visiting our offices. And I, of course, would never tell you who. But they made somewhere approaching 100. In fact, the first uh, word we had was 73 million or 76 million. And then we heard overall it was about $100 million in association with those tests. Now, I'm telling you that because Ashley is this sweet, beautiful girl who steps up here and you may not realize if you're watching this video, if you're in the audience, you'll just have to use your imagination. Um, uh, I feel like Howard Stern now and I mean, and I don't want to be creepy. Um, but this sweet, uh, Ashley, I'm going to ask you, no, I can't ask you that. Ashley's in her 20s. That's all I'm going to say. All right. But uh, she oversaw that project. So. You're listening to her and she may say it quietly. She may not say it with the authority of a of Dr. So-and-so or Professor X. But she lives this stuff. And we are learning every day from being right in the middle. We have the world's largest library of case studies and experiments now. And so from that testing process, Ashley, tell us what you think you might do. But before you do, I, uh, well, let me just have you go ahead. All right. Tell us. Yeah. Um. With the subject line, like, won't mom be delighted? As you know, there's a lot of competition in the industry. Everyone's trying to get, you know, what previously the Mother's Day sale out. So right here, you're trying to sell the audience, but it leaves them with asking themselves, with what? Won't mom be delighted with what? Why should I open this email? So to add some credibility, really um, trying to put in some information of how many products you potentially offer, um, why should she purchase from you or why should you purchase a gift from them? Will it be here in time for Mother's Day? I think that's a lot of questions that are going through someone's mind. So maybe providing a little bit of that urgency factor, but I'd be also be careful on using urgency within all your subject lines because then you dilute that, that continuity and dilute that piece of if everything's urgent, then they're not going to be attracted to that subject line because everything seems instant. But um, so by... Providing some credibility into the subject line and then going into the email with spoil your mother, providing a headline that's more distinctive, telling them where they're at, 
why they should purchase from you given all the other competition in the industry, and then what would you like them to do next? You know, I see the recipients to go shop now, but there's not a clear path to that given the distinct picture just at the top. Thank you, Ashley. Very good. By the way, I'm watching the Twitter feed while Ashley's talking, and I sent a note to somebody on here named Tia. I don't know if you ever received it, but thank you for all your kind uh, tweets, Tia. I appreciate that. And I'm looking at one from Jerry Everett, who's, who, who just put a very good quote there. Thank you, Jerry. I, I, you know, what drives marketing experiments and, and its parent group, MechLabs, is the desire to transform the way people think about marketing and communication. We're trying to understand why people say yes. And all of these little pieces, like this subject line we're talking about today, is just one part of this sort of grand understanding that we're trying to achieve over all of these years. And every time you and the audience give us feedback and, and communicate with us and sort of help us build this community of evidence-based marketers, you, uh, you bring us one step closer. And I, I'm so grateful. And, and, and I want to point out that while she was talking, um, I, uh, I, I was just listening um, to, uh, to all of the different feedback from the audience on key pieces. And I think you've had some good thoughts about this particular subject line, but let me ask you about the email. Okay? Take a look at the email. Spoil your mother, it says, uh, and tell me what you might do to make that email better. I'm watching. Someone says, over X gifts, just a sort of a blank number, to spoil mom with this Mother's Day. Uh, let me give another one. Delight mom with gifts under $50. There's another one. Uh, someone says, the subhead is good. Delightful gifts for her big day. But it's, uh, it's down too low. One of my concerns about the email is the size of the image, which takes up so much time before it actually gets into any action. And the image itself doesn't really convey much. I know there's a gift being passed, but you cannot tell what it is. And you wouldn't really understand how that connects with the title at the top of the... Uh, and I think it's Home Wet Bar Room. It's a little far for me to see that. Uh, as I'm trying to see it up at the top, the way it's covered with some of our graphics. But how does that connect? Let me hear from the audience again. Let mom know how much you love her this Mother's Day, said Gary. It's a good headline. There is no real value proposition or why these gifts are particularly great. That's absolutely right, Karma. It could be your wife and not your mother. Brad, there's an excellent point. We don't need full product descriptions and we should add large calls to action, says Susan. Uh, here, here's a key. Don't we want to get them to the site? We did this with an experiment in um, Italy, in Italian, with a cosmetic dealer. And what we discovered was that not trying to present a few products, when we were trying to communicate that there were many products, because we couldn't put them all in the email, actually drove up conversion rate. The email instead tried to get them to the landing page where they could see all of the products instead of trying to present just a handful, which sort of felt like it was the total selection. And this was a very useful email. These were direct response experts. It had been their best email for many years. But the minute we changed the strategy of the email, we saw an you know, just a major increase in conversion. All right. You're thinking very well. Let's sort of put this all together. We've talked about three critical issues. We need to understand the functional purpose of the subject line. It's about converting attention into interest. And we need to understand the connection between our subject line and our value proposition. And also, we need to employ a sort of useful set of research-based criterion for measuring the effectiveness in doing so, we've sort of laid out a series or a checklist of critical pieces. Each of these checklists can be sort of applied to that subject line so that you can determine whether or not it's as effective as can be. 
you'll be able to get this slide and, uh, and sort of a transcript of everything, plus watch the video on marketingexperiments.com at no cost. I think they post these about a week afterwards because they have to go into editing and production. And we'll get it up there live where you can use the checklist, read the transcript, and learn from all of this. I just want to take a moment because our time is up. I want to remind you uh, that... Uh, you can sort of give us some feedback about this particular piece and also that we'll be in Denver soon at the Optimization Summit. I hope to meet many of you there. Before you log off, just take a moment, if you would, while we're watching and give us some feedback on uh, today's event. There was a lot of content. I felt I went faster than normally with less story. And we're sort of experimenting with a format that was prepared here by our writers. Tell me if you found today helpful and, uh, or if you didn't. And I had a couple of comments uh, about Ashley. Please know that I mean no disrespect to Ashley. She's a, a wonderful employee and we're very, very proud to have her. Um, so just let me hear your feedback. I'm watching carefully. We will read every single thing you submit here. And I'm, I'm seeing a lot of rich uh, feedback. Thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back in about a week, uh, I guess two weeks, with more of our research, more of our uh, learnings, more of our discoveries. If today was helpful, the best thing you can do for us is just tell a friend. We want to build this community as we all learn together. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this recording of a Marketing Experiments live web clinic. You can sign up to receive invites to future live web clinics, as well as receive access to $10 million worth of internet marketing research at marketingexperiments.com. Thank you.